Blog Talk Radio. Granny Hawker and Big Swing. Hey guys, I do apologize for any noise you guys hear in the background. Uh, I'm live covering the uh, the riot. Well, it was a peaceful protest, now turned into a riot here in Albany, New York, uh, out of the street. So uh, any noise you guys may hear in the background, I do apologize. Um, I think that a majority of the beginning part of the night is going to be Icon and Granny. Um, but uh, but yeah, guys. So how are you guys? How how are you guys doing? Has everybody been you know safe and everything with uh, with all this craziness going on or what's up? No, we had uh, Fargo, North Dakota had a heck of a, 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 a bad, uh, weekend. You know. Uh, we had uh, people uh, trying to destroy our downtown, and uh, if it wasn't for our law enforcement uh, stepping up and keeping everybody safe, it would have been uh, it would have been a bad deal. But uh, we took care of the situation, you know. Yes, yes. Well, um, just to give you guys a little update of what's going on. Um, Give you guys a little update uh, here in Albany, New York. Uh, I know Minneapolis, where the uh, the initial incident of all this happened, uh, is a long way away from Albany, New York. But uh, you know, tonight a little bit more peaceful. Um, at least, well, it was. Now it's kind of chaos. But um, I mean, they were burning the city. They were smashing windows uh, up and all up and down the street, graffiti. You know, CDTA, which is our buses, our, our capital district public authority buses. Um, they were doing all sorts of, you know, all sorts of crazy flipping of cars, lighting stuff on fire, throwing fireworks. So last night was kind of wild. Um, tonight, a little, little bit, little bit calmer. But uh, yeah, I just wish everybody safety out there. Um, I know it's crazy times. We had Corona for three months. Uh, now we've got all this going on. So from everybody at Mind Over Matter Entertainment, as well as Attitude Era Live family, 
Uh, I just wish everybody is safe out there, and uh, hopefully all of this gets resolved pretty soon. Um, I know, Icon, you're close, in relatively close anyway, in proximity to what happened, uh, the actual event that, that triggered all of this. Uh, Granny, have you guys had any craziness happen down there? Well, so far where I live in Springdale, it, we've, you know, we haven't really had anything. I know Little Rock had some issues last night. Tulsa, Oklahoma, okay. which is about two yeah. hours away, one of the news vehicles had some damage by some people, and I think the police were out today in full force in Tulsa with guns and tear gas, you know, just being prepared, you know, and everything. But yep. so far... Where I live, we've had protesters, but so far, to my knowledge, everything's been peaceful here. So. Okay. Well, in my town, I'm in the town of Clifton Park, and we've got um, something set up on the 8th, which is next Monday at 2 p.m. As far as I'm, as far as I know, is just the signs and the phones and stuff. Um, but, uh, but you know, the cities is where the stuff's been getting really crazy. So, uh, again, I just hope everybody's safe out there. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I'm still planning on putting on a good show, even if I have to mute my mic and my, the two of you take most of it. Um, I, I hope everybody's safe. So, Icon, uh, let's, let's kind of get off of this because, I mean, we've been, this is all we've been hearing on the news for the last two days about these riots. So, everybody knows what's going on with that. Let's shift gears into something a little bit more fun. And, and a little bit more, uh, I guess, peaceful be the word for it. Um, who do we got coming on tonight? And, uh, and what can we get from that show? Well, I'll tell you, we, have, uh, we, uh, we uh, never cease to amaze here at Attitude Era Live. Uh, we've got another three-guest show. Uh, our first guest will be uh, uh, Harry uh, Klimkowski. Uh He's a uh, certified ring announcer. So I'm going to have him uh, tote my uh, ring announcing skills. Uh, we're going to have uh, another awesome, awesome big man in the wrestling scene. Uh, and uh, he is known as the Poker Face. And uh, we're going to ask him if we can see his Poker Face. And uh, we're also going to have United Elite Wrestling. Uh, the rumor is uh, when they uh, a couple of their wrestlers found out that they were going to be the promoter was going to be on the show and not them, they got upset. So they said they may call and try and hijack the show. So we'll see what happens there. Wow. So it it could it could be uh, audio chaos, ladies and gentlemen. We hope not, but uh, you know it. Uh, it is what it is, you know. And uh, we've we got we got a uh, big guest All right, lined guys, up. Give me one uh, second. They 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 just just started with the rubber bullets and shit. So I gotta get out of here. I'll I'll, I'll I'll be I'm gonna drive out of this scene before I get hit with something. I'll, I'll be back in a couple minutes. Okay, Granny. I guess we'll just uh, we'll just deal with this. Our first guest will be calling here in about. Uh, Eight minutes or so. Uh, you know, Granny, this okay. stuff is really worth it. Uh, I am monitoring on my really phone, so if I see anybody come through, I'll put them through for you. Okay, yeah, this stuff is uh, really starting to uh, get to me and worry me. Um, I mean, yeah, I you know. Could, you you could you could get political at a time like uh, 
we're we're going to take the high road, and we're not going to do that. We'll let other talk shows talk about politics and who's right, who's wrong, this, that, the other. Uh, we're going to talk about our fans and how we want them all to be safe with all the stuff that's going on. That's right. So, yeah, we've got so. our big show coming up June 13th for Arkansas Championship Wrestling. I can't wait. A week from Saturday, it's almost here. We're on countdown, and we had um, I help with a podcast on Sunday nights from a local podcast here that I do that I help with a friend of mine over in near Fayetteville, Arkansas. He lives in a little town called Farmington, which is just kind of a suburb of Fayetteville, but we had James Ellsworth on our show last night, and um, but like I said, it's it's going to be this is our first wrestling show since we had to shut down due to to due to the COVID nineteen. So um, we're we're excited. The fans are excited. We're we're ready for wrestling to come back. So, and I know Grant, I'm very excited because I'm ready for wrestling. I'm. <laughs> I'm, I'm ready. Can, I'm so ready. So we we do have um we do have a four one two number on with us. All right. Uh, let me see here. Hold on a sec. Maybe early. Let me see here. Uh, yeah. That's uh, that's our first guest yesterday. Uh, I'm gonna go to him now, or yeah, I might as well. All right. Um, I'm going to step back off here and get out of this crazy situation. Um, but, yeah, they're on right now, so do your thing. Ladies and gentlemen, stepping out of the green room and walking down the aisle. Usually he is the man that makes the announcements. But today, the icon has flipped the script. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you the ring announcer that beats all ring announcers except me. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you... Henry Klimkowski. Hey, this is uh, Henry Klimkowski, a.k.a. Hank Hudson, my ring announcer name. And you are listening to the Attitude Era Live with the host, the icon, the big swing, and Granny Hulkster. All right. How are you, my man? Good to have you on with us. Thank you for taking time out of your schedule to be on with us. Great to have you on the show. Oh, oh, thank you. I don't have a schedule. I'm a retired postal worker uh, and a, a ring announcer on the weekends. <laughs> so, uh, so you probably hate the term. Uh, uh, if uh, if uh, someone doesn't like your ring announcing, are they saying, "Hey, man, you going postal?" <laughs> yeah, I worked at a bulk mail center for 34 years, the Pittsburgh Bulk Mail Center. We always speculated who was going to go postal, and we always had several candidates lined up, but fortunately, nobody ever did. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. So uh, here's how the uh, formats uh, will go here. Um, uh, you have me and Granny, and uh, uh, Big Swing is live out in New York. They got some stuff going down out there, so he'll be in and out, but... Well, have you do is uh, have you give us a little background about uh, your what you what you what you're doing and what you've done in the wrestling business. I want to ask you some questions, and then we'll go around the room. Then we'll come back to me, and I'll ask you the hard hitting questions. Okay, you want me to go now? Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, okay, yeah. Well, I started uh, watching wrestling around 1965. I heard uh, I heard uh, friends of mine at school talk about the uh, studio wrestling program in Pittsburgh. 
that was on from like 1958 through 1974 on WIIC TV 11. And I started watching it in around the spring of 65 and just got hooked from the beginning. Uh, I went to my first live event in uh, late 1966 when my father could start taking me, uh, you know, uh, you know, his job hours were preventing him from taking me earlier. And I, I, once I got a car in 74, I started looking for wrestling shows to go to and, and started uh, seeing some what they called outlaw shows back then, independent shows that weren't affiliated with the uh, the main groups, NWA, WWWF, et cetera. And I started uh, doing ring and ons and referee and anything I could uh, get to be on the show. And, and here I am uh, 44 and a half years later, I'm still doing it. Now, being uh, being a ring announcer, it uh, you know you you obviously are out there for every match. A lot of people uh, can't even say that. Uh, not even uh, referees can say that because they rotate. But uh, what is that? Uh, what is that like when you go out there uh, to uh, introduce each match? Do you practice what you're going to say? Uh, do they give you uh, a script to follow on how you're going to? Uh, how you how you should announce these guys? How does that come about? Oh, they give you a list of the matches and who's coming out first, who's coming out second. If I'm handling the bell, you know, also sometimes they give me a who's going over in the match. Um, and a lot of times I have the weights from the guys because I do multiple shows with a lot of the people I work with. So I only have to ask their weight one time. Uh, and they'll come to me in the future if they want to change a little thing here and there. But uh, yeah, once you do the same group a few times, it's a lot easier because you got most of the information already. You just got to sort it out before the bell time. And with that being said, do you get to uh, choose what your ring attire is that you're announcing ring attire? Do they uh, do they say, okay, today you're going to wear a black suit, tomorrow you're going to wear a yellow suit, tomorrow you're going to wear a blue suit? How does that work out? Well, since I started wearing a tux. Around uh, 1993, I just have the same uh, ordinary black tux. You know, I just get a new jacket or a new pair of pants or whatever when I when they're starting to wear out. Uh, no, they never tell me what to wear, but I've, if, I guess if I came there looking like a hobo or a bum, I wouldn't get hired anymore. But the, they must like what I wear, so they keep using me. <laughs> so with that being said, and then I'm going to ask this one question. We'll kind of go around the room, and I'm going to uh, save the uh, hard-hitting questions for after we go around the room. But – so, with that being said, how many tuxedos do you own? Well, I only own uh, one jacket and one pants at a time, and I got uh, two or three shirts at a time. Uh, uh, no, I mean, I don't get paid much on indie wrestling. Uh, I, I do it more for the enjoyment and uh, sort of singing for my supper because I like to go and watch the shows. Now, this isn't a... Um, uh, a job I'm supporting myself with. I'm getting. I'm on the annuity retirement. Uh, you know that's what I live on. I do indie wrestling, uh, ring announce, and just to enjoy the show and make what I can. You know to pay for my expenses of getting there and back. All right. Well, I'll tell you what. We're going to kind of go around uh, the room here. Uh, I'm going to bring on uh, Granny now. She is a gal that loves to be at ringside. And uh, sometimes causes a ruckus with some of the. I'm gonna let her explain that. Uh, so uh, she she's always wondering why the fans like her, who are well known, never get a uh, ring introduction. How would you introduce her at ringside, and then we'll have her ask some questions. 
uh, oh, we don't introduce the fans at ringside. <laughs> but we did have in Pittsburgh when we had our studio wrestling program, uh, which was live every Saturday from like 6 p.m. to 7.30, there was a legendary woman called Ringside Rosie. And she was there for years and years, and, and she died before the, the program ended. She was an elderly woman, probably in her 70s, and they actually had a 10-bell salute for her on uh, TV. Yeah, well, she was the one exception. You know, you know, some of the fans uh, are a little too nutty sometimes. You don't want to draw too much attention to them because sometimes they get to think it's, it's all about them, and it's really about what's going on in the ring. <laughs> I'm sorry. No, I'm not. La- and it's very sad that 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 ringside Rosie, you know, passed away. But I am Granny Hulkster. I'm not a wrestler. I am a fan. But I have been told numerous times by many wrestling independent shows that I have gone to that they appreciate when I am there because they make me. They include me in part of their shows. I kid you not. I mean, I can interact with the best of them. I mean, I I like to talk smack to the heels. They get in my faces. I get in their faces. And the, the promoters here in Arkansas and Oklahoma and even Kansas and Missouri, shows that I have been to various places, they include me in they get me involved in the shows you know every single time I, I i kid you not i'm one of those that they call a soup they call me a super fan because i love the business so much so well, and i know well, it's well they know about, you I enough know, that you're not going to cross the line you know exactly well they they know they know i i mean i know my limitations I know what I can do and I know what I can't do and but there has been some surprises though that people have um actually thrown on me that I would not was not expecting but I definitely know that it's not about me that but I I help the other fans like if somebody's not been at a show before I'll say okay just watch me I'll show you who to boo for I'll show you who to cheer for you know, and they all love me. I mean, so so my one of my questions is to you, um, as a ring announcer, who, you know, in the career of ring announcers, who has been your most favorite ring announcer that you've ever idolized? I mean, I wouldn't say I ever ever uh, idolized any of them. Uh, I know watching. I started watching WWF, which is now WWE, in the, in the '60s, and and I saw like a guy named Buddy Wagner out of Philadelphia. He had like a great uh, gravelly voice, uh, you know, uh, fantastic. He passed away suddenly, around 1976. And then we were stuck with Gary Michael Capetta for a number of years, uh, which I, I I don't think much of him as his ring announcer. What about Howard Finkel? What did you, what did you, what did you think of oh, Howard, Howard Finkel? Oh, Howard Finkel was great. Yeah, he's, he was one of the better ones. Uh, Buddy Wagner I like better. How, Howard Finkel, was, he was good. You know. What about Mike McGurk? Oh, my, oh, yeah, she was a very attractive woman. Yeah, Mike McGurk. Yeah, she did a, good, a very good job. A very classy-looking woman. Very beautiful, blonde, statuesque woman. Yeah, she added a lot I'm of class. Actually, to I, I, I'm actually personal friends with her because her son, Max, was an independent wrestler for several years. 
and I am I am a very good friend of of Max and and Mike um, in that family. But, well, she's uh, related to legendary I, Leroy McGurk, I think. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. And I I just want to share this really quick. It, it was kind of funny, but one of my one of my independent wrestling friends he actually posted this on my page, which. I, I take very humbling because I tell people that I'm nobody special. I'm just me. You know, I, I'm nobody important. I, you know, I just love doing what I do. But my friend made a, a, made a post on my Facebook page one day. He says, you know, it's funny when you get a better pop and you are more recognizable than most professional wrestlers. And he says, I I am giving you a compliment when I say that, and I take that totally very humbling because I love doing what I do. When traditional championship wrestling was running here in Arkansas, they used to do TV tapings, and the gentleman at the time who was like the director of operations for TCW, his name was Colonel Tom Parker, and he always made sure that I was on the front row in the very center seat facing the camera because of all the interaction that I did with the wrestlers. I mean, they, like I said, they loved having me. They loved having me there. And, and I was always very appreciative of everything that I get to do to help make those shows fun for all the fans. So I, 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 I help right now with a one in here in, in uh, Arkansas where I live right now currently before they even did their first show, they made me president of their fan club. They made me president of the Arkansas Championship Wrestling Fan Club. And they really don't have a fan club, per se, but they made me president of it. And what I help them do is I help promote the events. I help share the events. I help um, I help sell tickets and, and different things like that. So I enjoy, as a fan, getting to do what I love to do so much. Well, that's like Ringside Rosie. She's been dead almost 50 years, but people still talk about her on the uh, Studio Wrestling Fan Club Facebook page. She hasn't been forgotten in nearly a half a century. Cause, you know, because she never crossed the line, but she was always active, and they'd bring like dead, uh, like rubber chickens and swing them at the wrestlers and stuff like that. They'd bait and, and holler at the wrestlers, but they'd never cross a line. They would never use a hat pin or throw anything. Uh, you know, they, but you know, the fans enjoy them almost as much as the wrestlers, and sometimes even more. Uh, Hank Hurts is. Well, I, 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 I'm probably I'm probably kind of like a lot like Ringside Rosie then, because I'm I'm <laughs> yeah, pretty she's recognizable. Yeah. So. Uh, Hank Hudson is our guest here. we got about uh, 22 minutes here with Hank. Uh, I don't know if uh, Big Spring's back there. Uh, just to kind of give you a little update, uh, uh, Mr. Hudson. Uh, uh, Big Swing is uh, out there in the thick of things in New York there. and uh, they, I'm, back uh, for, I'm back for a minute. If you guys hear anything in the background, that's what it is. I'm I'm covering the, uh, the protests and stuff um, out here in Albany, New York, and uh, – it was fine. It was all peaceful, but then somebody started throwing fireworks, and that's where they did the uh, that's where they did the tear gas and all that crazy stuff. So I'm um, I'm good for now. Um, but uh, well, uh, but I've been listening. Well, to that Hank, one, so what's well, up? Thanks, uh, Hank Hudson's our guest here. We got about uh, 22 yeah. minutes here with Hank. What do you got for our guest? Go ahead. Well, I don't know what you guys already covered already because I can barely hear myself think out here. But um, basically. Take us through how you got started. Like, what 
what kind of drove you to, to choose this particular profession? I mean, it's not something that everybody gets involved in or, or, or does. Um, and it's, it's just kind of take us through your journey, your story. How'd you get started? Did you have any influences, anybody you looked up to uh, that, that sort of steered uh, well, your path? I, you know, I never aspired to be a ring announcer in wrestling. Uh, as I was telling uh, your other co-hosts uh, just a little earlier, I, once I got a car in, in 1974, we were looking for wrestling shows to go to, and and we find the nice. closest one in uh, Salem, Ohio, is maybe around like 60 miles from Pittsburgh, and, and uh, we started attending those and got to know some of the people. You know, these shows paid little or nothing. You know, you never knew what you're going to draw with an indie show. And, you know, and they needed a ring announcer and sometimes a referee. And, and I just learned from there, I'm just a, basically a mark off the street. I, I've had no professional training. And, and I just, you know, people like what I uh, do and, and, and my business is picked up. Well, uh, well, well, the crazy thing, Icon, is, is the funny thing is I actually – I'm covering this for the local radio station I want to put down here. I'm actually so you do a ring announcing like the PA, right? Like like, like um I do oh, a lot Pennsylvania, of the, West Virginia, and Ohio. No, I mean like the PA, like like announcing the, like the wrestlers as they come out and stuff like that. Yeah, I yeah, do, over the uh, ring mic, yeah. Well, like, yeah, I I'm more of the play-by-play kind of guy, like a Jim Ross uh, kind of a dude, and and I love how the two correlate. And I'll tell you what, there are times when you watch a match and it's the most exciting match, you know, ever. And you're watching it and just something about the way that ring announcer announces the winner. Like there's been several times where oh, you'll know the finish. You're watching the finish. You're like, wow, that just happened. And then all of a sudden it's like, here is your winner and new XW, uh, you know, WWF, blah, 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 blah. And you just get that chills. Like, oh my God, you know, but sometimes it's, it's the emotion of that too, especially when you're there live. Like, I was live in the building when Edge cashed in Money in the Bank in 06 for the first time ever. And, yes, I was there live, but I wasn't there watching it on TV. I, the ring announcer, though, made it, made it sound really crazy. And so I've always kind of appreciated the, you know, the audio journalism-type profession as well. So I think it's really cool what you're doing. And, um, you know, if, uh, if you ever need anything from us at the station or whatever uh, for, for – your you know companies you work for or anything like that or endorsements or whatnot, just let us know. We'd be happy to help. Just the thing is, you got to be blessed with a good PA system. Because sometimes you can yeah, have the yeah. best voice, uh, but the PA True. system sucks. You know, people aren't going to understand what you say, True. or if it's I, not I, loud I, enough I to imagine, be over there. Well, I can imagine doing a lot of like independent shows. Sometimes you're not place best PA systems. I hear you there. I mean, WWE can pay for whatever the hell they want for PA, but uh. But for those indie shows, yeah, I can imagine that'd be kind of rough. It's like going to a karaoke bar and and, uh, and the the you know the speakers keep cracking. You know, it's the same thing. It's like not only does the singer suck, even the singer could be good and the speakers are cracking. You're like, I don't want to listen to this anymore. So I got you there. That's definitely a good point. Now uh, we have uh, we have Hank Hudson's our guest here. We have uh, 18 minutes here with Hank. So uh, you know. Uh, with all the uh, with all the Corona stuff going on, and uh, you know, uh, how many shows uh, have you missed because of the situation going on? And uh, have uh, they planned on rescheduling any of those? And you know, what your next event might be. Well, uh, my last event was the first Saturday in March, 
And then after that, since then, I've had one or two that were canceled every weekend. I had one or two every weekend through the beginning of May. And, uh, well, some of them were like regular, you know, ones, you know, monthly shows, you know, so they're, they're not going to be rescheduled. They'll just resume the Monday show, uh, the, the regular weekly shows when they can. But, yeah, I've lost one or two every weekend since early March. And do you know when you might be going back out there or is it still up in the air? Oh, I got a show. The next one tentatively is uh, in July. Oh, no, I got one uh, early in June, too. Um, so, in uh, Cle- uh, Cleveland, they just, uh, they're just uh, starting up a group. Uh, the group is starting up again. Yeah. So now as a ring announcer, you know, you have uh, – do you have, like, several different promotions you work for, or do you just, uh, do you just have one and then they loan you out? No, no, no. I'm I'm just a, a totally independent uh, ring announcer. I just whoever books me first that's that's reliable and and doesn't cancel or postpone, and I know I'll get paid. You know, I'll lock them in. You know, so I I, I work for <clears> at least a half a dozen different groups. You know, some run monthly, some run irregularly, or I get a spot show. Sometimes I'll work for a promotion I usually don't work for when the regular guy can't make it and I'm available and I'll fill in for him. Yeah. Now. If you uh, so you pretty much have your stuff uh, set out. Uh, how often do you have have your stuff set out? Do you uh, you go uh, a week in advance, a month in advance, three months in advance, a year in advance? Oh, some people book me for dates like through the end of the year. You know, you know, and, and if they stick to that schedule, I'm happy with them. But you get some people that'll schedule you for a bunch of dates and they keep moving them and cancel them. That's when I get a little mad, you know, because I, I sometimes turned on another show when I'm booked for somebody else and then they cancel. Yeah. I mean, I, yeah, it's generally you're booked at least a month in advance for wherever you work, you know, cause they got to, you know, plug the show and everything, uh, advertise it for at least a month. So now I'll understand if you don't want to answer this question, but like I said, I got some uh, hard hitting questions. We have uh Hank Hudson is our guest here, uh, ring announcer extraordinaire. we got about 15 minutes here. Uh, now, let's say that uh, you get booked at a show, and uh, you had to not, uh, turn down another promotion because you already booked into the show, and then uh, the the day before or the day of, they cancel. How That's do you, happened. How do you yeah, how do you deal with that? Do you get upset and say, I'm never going to deal with you guys again? Or is it the benefit of the doubt? Or is it just uh, something that just always sometimes happens? Well, it sometimes happens. What I'll do, you know, it, it, you know, you just ignore it, but you don't forget about it. And if it happens maybe one more time, you might still accept a booking with them. But then if somebody more reliable comes and once a bulk, you say, hey, I got to go with this guy because you, you jerked me uh, two times before. I mean, I won't cancel out on somebody a couple of days before, but if it's like still like two, three weeks before their event and they're unreliable and and somebody more reliable says, I need you, you know, I might cancel out on, on the people who have been canceling or, you know, uh, you play it by ear, you know, because some people, you know, sometimes, you know, stuff happens. So do you do the three strikes and you're out rule? And you never talk to them again if they call and beg you, or uh, do you like always like have an open heart because you know you've been on the show. We obviously know you got a great heart because you're with us, you know. But uh, what is your thought on that? You, you just got to play it by ear. 
some people got bad reputations, you know, and, and I'll, I'll give them the benefit of that if I have an open date. But if they screw me around, um, you know, uh, too much, you know, I'll say, hey, I'm not uh, locking in your date. Or if I do uh, accept it temporarily, I might say, hey, if something – something else comes up in the next week or something i might move over to that but i won't do that to him like the night before or something you know i'd, I'd never do that you know but if it's like we, still weeks in advance where they have time to get somebody else you got to play it by ear by the individual people's reputations and uh you know play it by ear now you know as a rest, as a wrestling fan like uh, i am at big swing as grady hulkster is there, there's a lot of wrestling terms like Getting over and getting yourself over. Is there any uh, particular city or town that you would be particular, particularly over in that uh, they just love to hear your voice moving over the crowd? Uh, yeah, I've, I've had uh, like a few occasions where, you know, because I get booked by different people. Sometimes I can't make every show for every promotion. And sometimes they'll replace me with a guy that's like uh, somewhat mediocre. And then he'll he'll be hemming and hawing on the mic, and the people give him a hard time. And and I've had a few occasions where people like chanted for me that they wanted me back when when somebody was like screwing up, and Roy wasn't uh, getting prepared for going out there. Um, you know, I mean, I, I don't believe in you know uh, heckling the ring announcer. You know, that's why I'm I make sure I'm prepared every show, so I have all my stuff together before I go out there because crowds can be mean sometimes. <clears throat> Well, let me ask this. Have you ever been heckled and you're like, what the heck are you guys getting on me for? Uh, you always have like a, a few smart elks in the crowd. Like when Steve Austin started the what thing, you know, or where they started it on Steve Austin that he went along with it and, and played along. Uh, some people try to start that what thing when you're trying to make announcements to, to throw off your uh, concentration. That's I why I have that. everything like written out on paper. Like I try to do it as much ad lib as possible, but I have my security blanket sheet in front of me in case somebody's getting uh, too loud and, uh, and obnoxious. I can look down there and get my chain of thought again. So now, being a ring announcer, you know you've all you've obviously seen uh, you know a lot of different matches, and you've uh, you've announced a lot of different matches. Uh, do you? have a uh, a count or an estimation about how many different matches you say you've done over your career just a ballpark figure oh, over 44 and a half years I've, I've had to do over 1500 live events you know as a ring announcer and you know at least a thousand or more i went just as a fan because i i you know i'm 67 years old now i don't go to many as many shows as i used to but years ago if i didn't have any uh events to ring announce or referee, I'd go to a live event somewhere else and buy a ticket. So I figured I must have gone to 2,500 to 3,000 shows over uh, 44 and a half years and did at least 1,500 as a ring announce or a referee, or, or I do uh, TV commentary or, or, v, or, or VHS uh, or DVD commentary, you know, whatever you want to call it. You know. So now do you ever find yourself, and this is one of those questions I'll understand if you don't want to answer it. Do you ever find yourself uh, critiquing the ring announcer at shows that you're at? Um, I think that sometimes I watch other ring announcers. I learn maybe a, a little bit better way of announcing a certain situation. 
you, you can learn from other people. I mean, they, some of them might be just average or, or even mediocre, but sometimes they have can teach you a, a different way of saying things in a certain situation, you know, how a match ends or, or whatever. No, I never heckled the other ring announcer or anything if he was bad, you know, uh, but uh, – but yeah, you can learn something from everybody. They everybody has a different way of saying things in a certain situation, and sometimes their way might be better than mine. Hank Hudson's our guest here. We got about uh, ten minutes here with Hank, uh, so we can get this in here. If our fans wanted to check you out and see what you're doing, uh, you got a Facebook, you got Instagram, you got YouTube, you got a Twitter, you got a Twitch, you got a GoFundMe. What do you got? Okay, well, well, I have a Facebook page. That's all I have. I've only been in the uh, modern era of cyberspace the last five years. I, I got a Facebook page. It used to be under Hank Hudson, but Facebook started cracking down on pseudonyms. You know, and, and I have around at least a thousand posts on there over the last five years of, of shows I've attended, like results and stuff, and I didn't want to lose that. So it's under my real name, Henry Klemkowski, but if you if – you, uh, Search Hank Hudson, it'll take you to the page. Because I have uh, uh, my Facebook page will say Henry Klimkowski and in parentheses Hank Hudson. That's my uh, professional name. Now you know we uh, we know exactly what you uh, what you're going through with that uh, because you know our show is uh, Attitude Air Live. It used to be called Off the Ropes, but when I tried to change our Facebook page to Attitude Air Live, they said it was offensive or combative, so they won't let us change it at all. <laughs> I don't understand that uh, offensive. <laughs> well, maybe because they think I'm running the thing. That's probably why. <laughs> now I got to ask you this, and this is kind of uh, an ego an ego thing for me. Uh, I'm going to ask you a couple ego questions, and then uh, we'll uh, ask you one, and we'll wrap it up. But uh, the first one is uh, when you came on the uh, when you came on and uh, you got introduced. By me, uh, on a scale of one to ten, and you can't say negative because that'd be too easy. How would you rank my announcing skills, and uh, what would you give uh, uh, advice to a guy like me that would try and break into me a ring announcer? Uh, let me tell you, that was twenty years ago, and I can't even remember that. You know, <laughs> uh, tell the truth. Plus, plus, I, I can barely hear you on here as it is. You know, I'm, I'm like really like straining to concentrate. You know, the, the volume is really low. When, when I first tuned into the show, it was like very loud. But once once you got three guys all come on, it really got lower the volume. Well, it uh, well I I can tell you uh, I'm out here in uh, I'm out here in uh, North Dakota, and uh, sometimes the signal at this point is not very good. So that could be what it is. Yeah, you're almost in mountain time out there. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, to uh, God's country, it really is. So you said your next uh, event is in uh, June, correct? I'm trying. Yeah, trying to think. Um, I didn't I realize I'd have to give you the date. I have a, a date with the CWA Cleveland Wrestling Alliance. I think it's it's June. I have my, my calendar ain't with me now. I know I got a date in July in Cleveland. Uh, see, I live in Pennsylvania, and they're really they're really slow getting around this COVID nineteen thing. So I don't know when my next state will be in in PA. My next state in West Virginia is in, in August. They're starting up again in August. Uh, so that so I got about three dates right now. But like I said, uh, in uh, March and April, I had uh, one or two shows a weekend, and this uh, COVID nineteen like uh, destroyed them all. 
Yeah, it's it, it's it's bad everywhere, uh, and you know we know that. Uh, uh, you know we want you to be safe out there. We love you uh, for taking a time off uh, your schedule to be with us. And uh, oh, now, I'm retired. Other- I, I don't have much to do except watch TV and scan the internet. So no, you're you're not inconveniencing me whatsoever. Well, with that being said, hopefully, uh, you know you'll uh, you'll be willing to come on again. Uh, you know, uh, so uh, we could keep our fans posted on what you're doing, and uh, we do uh, we uh, we do appreciate uh, you being with us. Uh, but if uh, if there's any uh, if there's anybody out there listening that's that uh, this uh, show live right now or listen to it on replay, if someone uh, says that they want to be a, uh, a ring announcer, what advice would you give them? Yeah, I've had people ask me that. Uh, like I tell them, I, I never went to any school or anything to do this. The best way to learn to be a ring announcer is pay attention to the ring announcer every show you go to, how he says things and what information he has to offer. Uh, because um, and don't try to do don't try to do it ad lib. Uh, always have like a, a a security blanket. Have the stuff written down on a uh, on a little uh, postcard or something, you know, so you can refer back to you because you will have people try to break your concentration and, and heckle and maybe even hit you with something, you know, uh, with a, a projectile. But uh, yeah, watch any other ring announcer, uh, different ring announcers and see how they do it and, and do what's best for you uh, as you pick from what they do. Well, I'll tell you what, Hey, Crutchins, our guest, and you've been awesome, sir. And uh, we appreciate you being on with us. And uh, we love everything you do. We want you to be safe out there, and uh, hopefully we can get you on again. And uh, maybe if you can, send us a few autographs for giveaways for our big December show that uh, we're going to have. Oh, yeah, it's my pleasure. Thanks a lot for having me. Thank you. Hey, Thanks you for being on. Hey, 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 thank you. You're welcome. All right. Hey, cuts, ladies and gentlemen. What a gentleman. What a scholar, ladies and gentlemen. So, uh, yeah. So, uh Icon, our second uh, guest, I'm assuming, at 901 number is here. Uh, I do believe uh, that is him. So if, uh, yeah, that is him. So if uh, we, uh, if I, you can bring him on, I can introduce him and we can get this thing rolling. All right. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, stepping out of the green room and walking down the aisle. He is the wrestler that Lady Gaga sang about in her big hit song. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you Mr. Poker Face himself, Quentin Williams. Hey, everybody, this is Poker Face. You're listening to the Attitude Era Live with the host, the icon, the big swing, and Granny Hulkster. Hey, thank you for being on with us uh, tonight. Uh, we... Uh, we appreciate you taking time out of your schedule to join us, and uh, it's uh, it's uh, it's we're gonna we're gonna have a little uh, we're gonna have a lot of fun with you tonight, and uh, we'll we'll see how this goes. So basically, what we'll do here is if you want to give us uh, a little background about yourself, and then uh, uh, I'll ask you a few questions, and we'll go around the room, and I'll come back and ask you the hard hitting questions. All right, sounds good to me, and thank you guys for having me on. Thank you, Russell. Yeah, give us a little background about uh, yourself. Okay, um, so um, I've been wrestling for, I don't want to give you an exact year because I don't want to date myself, but I've been around probably longer than I probably should have. 
You know, uh, my original training took place at the USWA Wrestling Academy in Nashville, so that kind of gives you kind of an idea of how long it's, you know, I've been in the business. And it was was that, was that Jerry Jerk? Yes, and Eddie Marlin, the late Eddie Marlin, uh, he was the lead instructor, if you would. And it was taught by originally. I only went like a couple of sessions, and uh, uh, PG thirteen fame, uh, Wolfie D was the you no know, lead and the lead lead instructor actually climbed the ring and showed things. And Corey uh, Williams, who's um, a journeyman in this area, or was a journeyman in this area when it came to professional wrestling. And from there, I moved on. I worked under and trained under the late, great Moondog Spot. And after that, some years went by, and I was uh, privileged to meet up with uh, Motley Cruz and Tasha Simone, and they were, they were uh, gracious enough to let me, you know, come to their wrestling school and kind of smooth out my rough edges when it came to the square circle. Uh, Quentin Williams, our guest here, the Poker Face. How would you like us to address you, uh, Mr. Williams, uh, Quentin, uh, Poker Face? How would you like us to address you? Yeah, you can. Well, most of everybody calls me Poker Face, Poker, but every, you know, poke, whichever one you're comfortable with, so there's no preference. Well, yeah, I kind of like that. Poke. I kind of like that. How about this? Can I call you QW Poke? Oh, yeah, hey, if that's easy for you, hey, do it. <laughs> and the funny thing is about that, though, because years ago, because people would, like, really, like, butchered my name because, like, you know, especially, like, personal friends, or they call me Pokey Face and, and, you know, and Pokemon and all that and stuff. And sometimes people would call me Poke, and I used to hate that. Then over the last five years, I kind of embraced that name and stuff. So I'm like, Poke, you know, it's kind of catchy now and stuff like that. So it actually would be amazing how many people just call me Poke now and it, you know, saves on ink when I sign autographs as well, too. Uh, we have uh, the poker face with us. We got about uh, thirty minutes here at the poker face. I'm going to ask you a couple more questions, and we'll go around the room here. So uh, now, when uh, Lady Gaga called you and said that she was going to do a hit song about you, uh, how, how honoring, honoring you know, was that for you, or humbling was that for you? When that song came out, I hadn't even heard it, you know, because a lot of times when I, you know, uh, ride around in my uh, vehicle, I don't listen to the radio. So a friend of mine, a female wrestler. Um, Angelina Rush, she was like, you know, uh, there's a song about you out right now on the radio about Lady Gaga, and I'm not even know who Lady Gaga was and stuff. So, and everybody kept telling me, oh, you need to come out to it. You know, my wrestling, you know, when I'm in the ring, I'm supposed to be this, you know, this tough guy and stuff. So I finally listened to the song. And I'm like, there's no way I can come out to that. So people who weren't familiar with me, they automatically thought that I got my name from the song, and I actually had a T-shirt made that I was poker face before that lady went Gaga. So that's funny you said. Uh... And I'm, I'm thinking uh, when you go to the ring and you're like, hey, you can't see my poker face, but I'm going to hit you and yours. And the, th- and the funny thing is about that, and like in my uh, life outside the ring, it's really, well, I'm, I'm a very complex person, but I'm very seldom can keep the poker face. You know, and, and I can't even, believe it or not, I can't even play poker really. I barely can play uh, Uno, and I giggle when I play that, so I can't even keep a, a poker face when I'm playing Uno, just to be real with you. Well, I'll tell you what, though, if you if you ever want to learn how to play Uno or learn how to play poker, I'll tell you what, man, I can teach how to play poker like they did in Revenge of the Nerds and like in Stripes. I'll I'll take your money. <laughs> so now what? No uh, problem. Take you up on it. Now, now, when you're wrestling, would you consider yourself to be a baby face, a heel, an in betweeny, or are you what the crowd decides that you're going to be? For the most part, it's with the because I wrestle. You know, I don't really change my style. You know, I 
even though I'm labeled as a cruiserweight, I um, I'll, I'm pretty much a mat based style or whatnot. And when I'm in the ring, for the most part, it just a lot of people. I mean, because I guess now in later years, people it's kind of. I mean, people can hate me for the most part, but it's like, okay, this is a smaller guy that goes in there. He's you know tough as nails. And it's, for the most part, it's like you know, hey, you know, I guess it depends on my mood. So it's like, hey, you know, it depends on what you know, what you know, if I, you know, if I'm carb loading, if I'm carb depleting, if I have no rest. So, so I kind of leave it up to the fans to decide whether they like me or not. And even it's just been even times when you know they booed me, then they'll see me like after the show, or they'll see me like maybe like you know walking to the bathroom, you know, doing matches, you know, and they'll stop me. Hey, you know, I booed you, but you're real good, you know. And I'm like, okay, you know, thank you, and I kind of you know keep it moving. Well, I'll tell you what, with that being said, let's see how Granny would uh, uh, classify <laughs> you. Uh, we, have the, we have the poker face here. We've got uh, 27 minutes here with uh, the, the poke. Uh, go ahead, Granny. What do you got for our potential heel here? Well, um, I am Granny Holkster, and I'm just a big, huge wrestling fan. Now, you know, when he mentioned Tennessee, he may know a lot of my wrestling friends from Tennessee that I know that I'm associated with, that mm, I've been associated names, with a yeah. long time. Greg Anthony, the golden boy, Greg Anthony. Yes, yes, believe it or not. Okay, I'm dating myself here. He used to watch me before he got in the business. And he's actually, uh, when he first broke in, we were wrestling for Windy City Pro Wrestling Chicago, and we took uh, him mm-hmm. and a couple other guys on the road with us. Yep. And he runs and, uh, Pro Wrestling South right now. He does. He does. And very and he, and his grandmother, Rose Barnes, icon, is known as the Golden Granny. And I'm oh, friends with her on Facebook. Let me tell you a quick story about I, her. Oh, about she the Golden the, Granny. Oh, yes. The best Rice Krispie Treats. She makes yeah. the best. Yeah. I was dieting. I was doing the ketogenic diet, and so I was doing the show for Greg Anthony, and he was like, hey, brother, mm-hmm. you want uh, Rice Krispie treats? So it wasn't time for me to cheat, and they were just sitting there. The, the Rice Krispie treats was like, just call my name. I said, okay, I guess cheat day starts a day early, and I, you know, basically got fat that weekend. Well, I got to share a little funny story with you about Greg Anthony because when traditional championship wrestling was running in Arkansas, and they used to do TV tapings. Greg was always the heel, you know, with Matt Revere. Do you know Matt Revere, mm-hmm. too? I mean... Uh, we've talked on the phone with anyway, Anyways, anyways, um, they were part of the empire at Traditional Championship Wrestling. Well, I started calling Greg Anthony Golden Girl. <laughs> <laughs> and to this day, when he's a bad guy, I still call him Golden Girl. <laughs> Right, and one time yeah. when, when Chris Masters was at TCW, he comes out and, you know, and, and Greg, you know, he comes out and Greg says, well, who do you think you are, you know? And or, or Chris says, well, who do you think you are? And Greg says, well, I'm the golden boy, Greg Anthony. Well, immediately everybody started chanting golden girl. And Chris is like, I don't know if you know this or not, but they're calling you golden girl. You right. <laughs> But oh, I fine. mean, and he probably he probably knows a lot of my my Tennessee friends, um, you know. But anyways, I I um, one of my questions, I guess, for you is, uh, what was your most challenging match you've ever had in your wrestling career? Um, honestly. 
I don't get that. You know, a lot of times I've heard people say, and I um, and I think it was I want to say it was somebody. Uh, I think it was William Regal had quoted, and uh, he was saying that. Now, if there comes a day that you don't get nervous before you go to the ring, it's time for you to get out. But, I've, you know, I'll get, you know, the butterflies every now and then, but for the most part I don't get nervous because, you know, it's like I take, you know, took to wrestling like a fish to water. But I guess the most nervous I've ever been was the first match I ever had for um, WWE, and this was back in 03. And so it was a dark match. I was in a tag match. And so I'm about to, you know, at that time, the biggest crowd I ever, ever wrestled in front of was like, like 3,000. So at ten thousand people there, you know, I'm you know at the time I had lost a lot of weight, I like 158 pounds, so I'm probably like I, I'm barely bigger than Spike Dudley. So we're about to go out to the ring, and you know, of course, you know all the you know all the backstage agents watching, Victor Man's watching, and I was about to go out, and I just start, I was like I had to stand with a garbage can, and I was about to puke my guts out. I was just you know the, the nervousness and stuff, and so I can say that's probably the most nervous is when it comes to like matches for the most part with my style, whatever, I, I don't get like, you know, I've wrestled the, you know, some of the biggest in the business for size wise, like the late King Mabel, some of the smallest, you know, so for the most part, I can't say that I've ever had a tough match, you know, and plus by the guys that I've trained with, like even now from time to time for the last year, couple of years or so, not time to ring just to train with, you know, uh, Red Dog, Rodney Mack, you know, I picked the brain of some of the greats like Tracy Smothers. I wrestled some of the greats like you know Rick Steiner. So it's kind of hard for me to get nervous, nervous. If that makes any sense. I understand that. Well, next uh, time you of- talk to next time you talk to Greg, you'll have to you'll have to tell him say, hey, I talked to your friend Granny Hulk. <laughs> I'll text him as soon as this is over. I'm like, dude, guess what? I still will. Yeah, yeah. It's like you'll never believe who I talked to. Right, I I definitely will. Uh, well, it's it's a pleasure having you on our show, sir. Thank uh, you so the much. The poker face, our guest here. We got about uh, twenty-two minutes here with uh, the poke. Uh, a big swing, uh, big swing uh, right now. Poke is uh, he's out in New York. Uh, they they were going to kind of start some protesting rioting, and uh, they called uh, big swing in to do security out there. So he right. may not. He may be listening. He may not. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm here, but it's it's wild, bro. It's it's hard for me to to hear you guys. But um, um, oh, uh, they they shoot fireworks and stuff. All right. Yeah. Um. Basically, the question I would have would be, how did you get involved in um in what you're doing, and uh, kind of take us through. The path of how you chose your career path and and any influences you may have had and anyone you looked up to it kind of took us through uh, early goings and how you got involved. Well, um, first I have to give credit to my late grandfather Bo Young because when I was small, you know, and being here in the Mid South area, you know, I was born in Oakville, Arkansas. You know, on Saturday mornings, I used to always want to watch cartoons and wrestling would come on here at eleven o'clock p.m. on you know WMC TV. So every Saturday morning, I don't care what was going on, he's going to watch that. Don't walk in front of TV. Don't talk to him except for the commercials. And so if you had to pee, you better not walk in front of the TV. You better hold it till you know, they go to break. You know, so but then as time went on, I started, get, you know, getting bit by the wrestling bugs. So as I get older, you know, I, you know how boys do. I wrestle in the hall of school, you know, just playing around. But they didn't offer amateur wrestling anything in my school. So I had started going to, as I graduated, started going to the Mid-South Coliseum 
for uh, you know the Monday night wrestling, and I'd buy the programs, and they, and then sometime on the Saturday morning program, they would advertise for the USWA wrestling school. So I went to, but I never you know, jotted down the numbers, the contact information. And so one day I had went to, um, well, one Monday night I went to the show, and I got the uh, program, and on the back of it had you know, the contact information for the USWA wrestling school. So I called, and I got Eddie Marlin. And, you know, so, you know, it gave me the information of who, what, where, and when, and all that. So I would drive to Nashville for a couple of weeks, and it was like on Sundays, and I would go and I would train. But due to, you know, you know transportation problems and financial problems, you know, I had to kind of cut it short. And from there, it was just like, you know, I kind of, uh, this one guy that was running, uh, he was, you know, he was a guy that was able to look up on getting the ring and get the building. And so he was running the show, and that was my first match. And from there, probably maybe uh, 10 months from then, that's, I had my first match, and 10 months I had my second match. And so in my hometown of Osceola, Arkansas, Moondog Spot, he was running weekly uh, shows on Friday. And my cousins, my majority of my family is from Osceola. And so my cousins was like, man, you know, they do wrestling on Fridays now. So uh, they made some calls, and one of the, uh, Moondog's partners, uh, Big Gay LaFont, <laughs> Um, my family contacted him, and he gave me a number, so I called. So I went down there, and I tried out and got in the ring with one of his, um, one of the guys that he trained just to make, you know, to kind of test me out, make sure I wasn't just, a, you know, a fan that just, you know, you know, wanted to climb in the ring. And so I got in there, and he liked what he saw. He said, hey, be here the following Friday. And from there, you know, I, you know, I was there for maybe like two years, and then I left there. And I end up doing shows with Motley Cruz and Pastor Simone, and they had a wrestling school here at the Northgate Shopping Center. It was an old abandoned bank. And so on one side of the – they had one ring set up for uh, amateur boxers and another ring, you know, for the pro wrestlers. So I'd go in there and train with them. It was almost like out of a Rocky movie. You know, it was no indoor plumbing. You had lights, and that was it. If you had to, you know, do number one, there was a tree on the side of the building, which we call the Tree of Woe. If you had to do number two, it was a, a McDonald's across the street, so you had to, you know, just kind of, you know, put your clothes on and go across the street and do number two. And we would train, you know, uh, for like hours because if it was 90 degrees outside, it was 100 degrees inside. If it was like 30 degrees outside, it was 20 degrees on the inside, you know, but you just tucked it up. And I think that really shaped me to become who I am because I really wanted it, and I think that's what's missing from a lot of guys, you know, and then even after I had, you know, had a chance to be on television and everything, I still was hungry enough to want to train and get better. So good was never enough for me. Uh, the po- the poker face is our guest here, the poke, man. we got about 17 minutes here with uh, uh, the poker face. Uh, well, I'll tell you, uh, I'm going to ask you some hard-hitting questions, and uh, okay. we'll, we'll, see what, uh, we'll see how you respond to these. Uh, first off, uh, you know, every – uh, every wrestler has a great finishing maneuver. Tell us what your is, what goes into it, and then we'll see if one of us would uh, let you practice it on us. <laughs> okay, well, I knew, like I said, I was very astute when it came to the business, so I knew, especially being on the smaller side, that I, I got to be able to have a move that everyone could, you know, that I could, you know, apply to anyone. You know, like Shawn Michaels had Sweet Ten music, which he could put on anybody. You know, uh, Lex Luger had the torture rack, which he was strong enough. I was like, okay, I can't do that because I can't, you know, you know, I, even though I've always been strong for my size, I was like, there's no way I can, you know, get a 300 pound guy off my shoulders. 
So what I use is a move. Um, and I one of and I actually the first one of the first people that I saw use it was actually Tracy Smothers, who was a big hero of mine. Is wait, hold on, not past tense, present tense. Is a big hero of mine. And so Tracy Smothers, uh, I think the first time I uh, saw it, it was called the Ghetto Blaster, which is actually just a jumping into gear to the back of the head. And I modified it to where I either do it to the back of the head or I do it to the face. You know, then as years went on, I'd have, uh, which I knew uh, who uh, I guess made the move famous was Bad Deuce Brown. When he was in WWE, he did the same movie called The Ghetto Blaster. And as time went on, and when I was wrestling with um, Rodney Mack every week, I said, okay, I need something else, something a little bit different. So I developed a hammerlock DDT. And I do the hammerlock DDT, then I'm like, okay, I need a submission move, which is basically like a modified Texas Cloverleaf, but I call it the Texas Folder, you know, playing on the words Texas Hold'em. I, I love that. I was just waiting to see, find out when you're going to have something involved with poker in your I, I was like, wait for it, because if you didn't have one, I was going to give you one. And uh, then you could, uh, when, it, when it gets over big time, then you could uh, send me your royalty checks. But now the DDT, I forgot to mention the DDT. I call it the straight flush DDT, by the way, so you'd be happy to hear that. Well, you know what they say about flushes and Revenge of the Nerds. Anyway, well, we have the poker faces, our guest here. So, now, with all the all the COVID stuff going on, you know, and, uh, you know, uh how many different shows have uh, you uh, uh, lost because of what's going on? And uh, do you know when your next show is going to be? Um, for me, my last show, I do an annual event, a uh, wrestling event in um, Millington, Tennessee. And so it was scheduled for this past April 18th. You know, and it's uh, it was in a, a Navy building in uh, Millington. And so it was maybe, I think it was maybe like a week before the show, I, you know, I got the call they're like, hey, we're shutting everything down. So that's the only thing that's really affected me. Like I said, I only do that one event a year. And other than that, but I don't get into, these days because of just me, because of lack of interest and boredom, just to be, you know, honest with you, I don't get in the ring that much. I think I've had maybe like in the last two years I've um, had maybe like five matches. You know, I've had promoters ask me, you know, hey, you know, can you come in, can you do this and stuff. And more times than not, I'll I'll pretty much say no because again, you know, pro wrestling has consumed so much of my adult life, and I never had a personal life. For the most, I mean, it was I'm hard. I'm a person that you know it's hard for me to balance things. So I'm either all in, or all out. And I'm very you know seldom uh, balanced. And so now I'm at the point again, like I said, with boredom and lack of interest, you know, on my part. And then plus, it's, you know, it's time for me to kind of like you know to slow down just a little bit. And smell the roses, which I'm still open here and there, to, you know, to, um, you know, to, you know, get booked, you know, here and there and stuff. Before it's me doing it on a regular, semi-regular basis, right now, I, that is like kind of passe with me. So, uh, when you're in the ring, do you ever say, uh, "Hey, you got to know when to hold them," and now I'm going to make you fold them? Uh. I did something close to that, like back in the day. When I would, I mean, I've tried different things. I've just kind of like keep things fresh, but it never stuck. You know, I come in there with you know some you know a deck of cards, you know. And then sometimes for fun, a buddy of mine who was managing me uh, when we were wrestling here for Memphis Wrestling back in like '07, he come with a bunch of he, he had like a poker set with chips and cards and everything, and he gave them to him. We get in the ring and we like hit my opponent with them. 
And and if it, if you throw them just right, especially they're sweating, and you got to you know everybody puts their baby oil on stuff before the match, and you throw it just right, it stinks. You know, so but then after a while it kind of became cheesy. I'm like, okay, we got to scrap that and stuff. So for the most part, I keep it, I keep it, you know, kind of simple, serious. But from that, you know, and and I tell a lot of guys now, I say, you know, the crowd, they they know when you're phoning in and when you really care about what you're doing. And so when I, that's why, I, you know, if I go to an area and people don't know me, who I am when I come to the ring, I guarantee you when they cheer me, they boo me, they're going to remember who I am when I leave the ring. You know, and that's the mindset I have on any event, whether it's mine or whether it's, you know, somebody's booking me out of town, that's the mindset I have, you know, every match. That's awesome. Uh, we have the uh, we have the poker face here as our guest here. Now, you know, you mentioned that you wrestled a dark match for the WWE, which kind of... Uh, which kind of blows my next question. I usually ask all these independent wrestlers uh, out of the water. If you would ever get a call from the WWE and they offer you a million-dollar contract, uh, it's a two-part question I ask. Is that, A, something you want to do? And, B, uh, if you do get that deal, would you not big-time us to still talk to us? Me, I think, boy, if, if you're talking about if I was offered a contract? Yeah. Me, I would always be anybody that knows me, even because I've seen guys that have gotten, you know, you know, trial matches on, you know, WWE television. And even even honestly, even locally, when we were you know, when Memphis Wrestling was in business here, you know, and then they get, you know, more T V exposure than the rest of us and they all of a sudden their egos start, you know, getting bigger than the room. But as far as me, no matter what I've done, even after the dark match then the following night I was on Velocity uh, for WB. That's the tape. That was the taping that they did prior to SmackDown. So that was like my only televised match for WWE. And me and another guy, we went against the then WWE Tag Team Champions, the Basham Brothers. You know, they, but when I came back to Memphis, I I didn't change. You know, I'm always me, and I'm always. And I've seen guys even like now who get some TV time, and it's like they don't. And I and I'm very observant. But it's like they don't remember, they they forget about their friends or their, you know, and I hear stuff, stories, everything gets back to me, you know, and their head is big. And the thing is, I try to stress to so many people, stay humble. Humble yourself because if you don't humble you, life will, and life is a cold-hearted female dog, you know what I'm saying? So you don't want life to humble you. So me, I would always, you know, never forget, you know, who had my back, who wanted to interview me when I was a quote-unquote, you know, uh, I I'll, I'll say I'm not gonna say nobody. Uh, quote unquote. Up and comer? Unknown. Say it again. Uh, the term up and comer. Okay, I like that better. I, I like that better because even on my shows, I never say, "Well, okay, I'm gonna book a name or or refer to other guys' no name." I like I will book headliners, then other wrestlers are up and comers. So yes, let's stick with that term. Right, and you guys, I don't know if you know this about uh, Poker Face here. He's uh, he's retired more wrestlers in his career than uh, Social Security. <laughs> Don't believe the stories. I might knock out a few, but you know. <laughs> uh, so uh, we have uh, we have the poker face uh, with us here. We got about uh, eight minutes here. We got to wrap this up, uh, so we can do this here. If our fans want to check you out and see what you're doing, uh, you got a Facebook, you got an Instagram, you got YouTube, you got a Twitter, you got a Twitch. What do you got? Okay, all right, all right uh, boys and girls, pull up a chair and write this down. Okay, you can contact, you can find me on Instagram. All you got to do is put in your poker face. Your, which is the, the possessive pronoun, poker face. Then you can find me on Snapchat, 
same thing, your poker face. On Twitter, you can find me at, at Poker Face Events with an S, one word, at Poker Face Events with an S. And you can find me on Facebook. You can you can you can see what I'm doing via my um my business page, Poker Face Events with an S. There's two words, Poker Face Events. And that's pretty much it. And on my personal page from there, uh I'm kinda you can you can uh I guess you can get in the search bar and type in poker face and I change my profile picture like every other day, so I couldn't tell you what exactly what picture to you know to look for and stuff, but you can just look up type in poker face. On on Facebook, you can find me. So now I just uh, this is kind of a, a goofy question. I'll understand that. And uh, I did send you uh, an address. I don't know if you'll be able to help us out with some autographs. I'll understand if you uh, if you if you turn it down or not. But uh, has anybody ever uh, contacted you on Instagram or Facebook with your name Poker Face and say, Hey, uh, what would you do if uh, the dealer had uh, 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 two aces and I had. Uh, uh, two aces and uh, the the turn card was a king. Uh, you say, dude, that ain't me. I'm not into cards. Does I that get that a lot on. I get that a lot on, on Instagram by my name. I'll get like a lot of uh, you know people requesting to follow me or whatnot because of that. And it's like, uh, okay, you know, I mean, I can, if it's video poker, I can play. But if it's like we're sitting down and you know playing a you know game with Texas Hold'em or five card stud, I'm like lost. Okay, that I'm like. Hey, let's just play hard, so let's just play go fish or something like that. I'm probably better than this. Yeah, you know, I I can just imagine you uh, sitting at the table and the the dealer looks at you, you make the icon, he's like, oh, my God, it's the poker face. What are we going to do? Right. <laughs> and more likely it won't be the uh, poker face, probably a face of terror of fighting or something like that. So, uh, you know, you mentioned, uh, you know, you do, uh, you know, uh, you do sporadic events and uh, all that. Uh, and you may have mentioned this, but uh, do you uh, know when your next match is? And if you do, when is it? Where is it? Uh, if our fans want to come check you out, uh, are tickets available that you know of? Well, my next event, because of the, you know, the COVID-19, I was thinking the earliest that it would have been would have been maybe uh, this coming up fall, but the way things are now, I'm looking at the earliest it would be, because normally I run my events in the spring of every year. So right now I'm looking at April of 2021 in Milton. That's the tentative, you know, month and year. And the exact date, I don't know. I have to check the city calendars and check the school calendars because I try not to, you know, Try not to run up against anything that would kind of, you know, you know, hinder, you know, my attendance from being, you know, what it needs to be. Now, uh, do you uh, uh, have you uh, uh, do you have a lot of matches on uh, YouTube? And if you do, is there uh, any particular message you, uh, you want to share our fans to check out? Oh, really? It's not one in particular because it was another one. Uh, it was one particular match that was from a couple of years ago, and one of my buddies, Donnie Russell, had messaged me this morning, and he found. And I don't think I had ever even seen that match before. It was me versus Danny B. Good. And so if you want to find a match of mine, just go on YouTube and type in Poker Face, which is one word. Whenever you, you, know, whenever you try to search for me, you know, I tell everybody, Poker Face is one word, not two. Poker Face versus, then you might want to type in wrestling behind it. Then a lot of my matches, probably a lot of matches that I haven't heard uh, or that I hadn't seen anything, they'll pop up. But it's not one in particular. Uh, one, I guess one that may stand out, honestly, a couple of years ago I had the opportunity to tag with uh, – Psycho Six Vicious versus 
Scott Hall of NWO and WWE fame versus in uh, Scott Hall and Lord Humongous. So that would probably be the one that probably stand out the most because Sid was Sid uh, was filming one of his short films. So I was like one of the highlights, you know, I guess featured in that. So yeah, so look up, you know, Psycho Sid Vicious and Poker Face versus Scott Hall and everything. And it should be, uh, a couple of matches should come up from that. Now, I, I got to ask you, you know, uh, being uh, tag team partners with, you know, Psycho Sid, there's been, you know, so many uh, stories about him over the years, but uh, what, what was he uh, What was he like uh, uh, personally to work with? Sid is one of the people, and which I guess I can relate because I'm one of those people, Sid is one of the people that you have to know to like because if you don't know him or you catch one of those moves, Sid can be real difficult, but Sid's always been good to me. Uh, the first television commercial I was in, it was something that Sid, you know, set up for me. You know, and then the, when he was film, doing that film, the promoter at the time, uh, Sid was like, well, hey, I want to come here and, you know, and do some matches and set up, you know, some things, you know, and Sid specified, and I had actually was taking some time off, but Sid specified that he wanted to work with me. You know, so I was I was like very honored. I was very honored. And before I forget, I gotta give a shout out to my tag team partner, uh, NXN Rules. I know if he's listening, no, when he's listening to this, he's gonna like, man, you didn't mention me. So shout out to NXN Rules, aka Thomas Sharon Jr. So. Well, let me ask you if you think uh, you can uh, hook us up with him. Maybe he might want to be a guest on the show. Oh no, oh, he yeah, he's he, he's he's a camera hog or radio hog like me. Yeah, I can I can definitely I can you know I can get with you later and give you the contact like and he's I'm pretty sure he's game for it. Yeah, we yeah we'd love to have him and uh, uh, we can let him know uh, how you told us how much better uh, you are than he is. No, I'm oh, he'll I'm tell you kidding. that anyway. No, he, well, he'll, of course, he'll tell you the other way around. Like, hey, I told Poker everything that he knows. And let me plug this in real fast. I know you didn't ask this. When I went to the WWE, when I had the dark match, he was actually scheduled to have the match. I got bumped. He was actually scheduled to have a match uh, before Raw before SmackDown. And what he was going to do, he was going to tell him that he was hurt and he couldn't wrestle the second night so it could open up a potential spot for me. But he didn't have to do it. They ran up. They came up short. So I had the spot anyway. So he had to give his up. So to me, if that ain't true friendship, I don't know what it is. That that is awesome. Well, I'll tell you what, uh, Poker Face, uh, we do appreciate you taking time on your schedule to be with us tonight. Uh, hopefully, uh, we can have you back on again. Uh, we'd love to have you. And uh, if we didn't scare you away too much, uh, and I, I also want to thank you uh, for uh, for being a friend, buddy. You're you're awesome. Man, thank you. Anytime y'all need me, hey, don't hesitate to hit me up. Awesome. The poker There you go. Oh, boy, that was awesome, guys. Uh, our next guest uh, should be calling in. Uh, yeah, we got uh, him. I got him. 757. Right, right. So if uh, you guys are ready, uh, I'll introduce them. Then we can go to they it. They are ready. I, I'm almost done. I'm trying to find my car. So, But I'll put you on. Here we go. Ladies and gentlemen, stepping out of the green room and walking down the aisle about to step through the ring ropes right now we have the mad man himself he is to the max morrison hey this is the wild-eyed headbanger mad max morrison you're listening to the attitude era live with your host the icon, the big swing, and granny hoaxer, daddy. 
How are you, Max? What's going on? How, how should we address you, uh, uh, Mr. Mr. Max, Mr. Mad? Uh, how would you like to be addressed? Are you there, sir? Can you hear me? Yes, go ahead. Yeah. Yeah, you can just call me Max. That is that's good and fun. Awesome. So uh, here's how we'll do it. Uh, we're going to have you give us a little background about yourself, uh, and then I'm going to ask you a few questions, and then we'll go around the room, and then uh, we'll circle back to me, and uh, uh, we'll uh, we'll ask you the tough questions. So give us a little background, and we'll talk to you. All righty. So Mad Max spent uh, 16 years in the music business, got kicked out, found pro wrestling, and now I've been traveling all up and down the East Coast, just banging my head and dropping bodies, and now I am uh, found myself an acting career and just all around having a good time. So that's that's Mad Max in a nutshell for you. And uh, we we do appreciate uh, you joining us on uh, short, uh, uh, such uh, short notice. Uh, we uh, know that uh, your main promoter from UEW, uh, we want to send out a shout out uh, to him. Uh, we heard that uh, his wife is expecting and, uh, you know, uh, we want to send our congratulations to him. And uh, we thank you for uh, taking time on your schedule to be with us. Uh, sure thing. Definitely appreciate you guys having me on, man. Luckily, uh, you know, Big Chris, he wanted to be here so much, but, you know, duty calls, you got to get with it, you know? Now, in your time in the business, uh, what would you say has been uh, the biggest thing that has changed since when you started to now? Say that one more time, please. Well, with your with your time in the business, what would you say is the thing that has changed mostly from when you started to the way things are now? I know for me, man, like my entire life changed. And I know a lot of people say that, but I know for myself, dude, that's pretty much that's the biggest thing I can say has changed because I went from living in Virginia doing certain things. Now I live in Maryland and I've picked me up a wife, picked me up a house, picked me up a good wrestling career, an acting career, and all this other stuff, man. But as far as the industry goes, I don't know. It's uh, it's changed a lot because it ain't like the old school ways I was taught about. And uh, it's a little different. And it's, uh, I don't know, but it's still fairly easy to navigate. And uh, now, now you're on... Now you're on the most happening wrestling uh, radio show uh, currently, and they make you collector's cards for being on the show. What do you think of that? That's pretty dope. I had no idea about that, my friend. There you go. So now when you wrestle, would you consider yourself to be a baby face, a heel, a in-betweeny, or are you more of a crowd tells you what you're going to be? I guess it all depends on – who I'm fighting and how I'm feeling that day, you know? I'm one of those cats. I'll be whatever you need me to be. If uh, if I'm feeling good, I'll come party with the people. If uh, if I'm not feeling it and I'm feeling a bit angry, then I'm sure as hell going to let the crowd know it. <laughs> well, with that being said, uh, 
uh, Granny, we may have a potential heel here. How are you going to deal with him at ringside? Tell us, Granny. Well, that that would be very interesting because I am Granny Hulkster, and I'm not a wrestler. I'm just a fan, but I can talk some pretty good smack to the heel wrestlers, and I think I would have fun playing with you at a wrestling show. You sound like you could talk some pretty good smack back to me, and I could just dish it right back to you. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like we're about to have a game on our hands. That's right. You need to come to Arkansas. You need to come to Arkansas. I could get you hooked up with a couple wrestling shows here in Arkansas that uh locally that I help with. So you need to come to Arkansas to come wrestle. And then you could see Granny in action, you know. But um I guess one of my questions is what has been one of your most memorable matches you've had in your career? I guess it's, um, I've got a couple. I know last, I think it was like last year, I got to wrestle one of my trainers. I got to wrestle, uh, he's a legend here in my area. He travels everywhere. He showed me the ropes and got me on the road. He's a former NWA champion. He's uh, Damian Wayne, the mid-Atlantic badass. Me and him had a knockdown, drag-out fight, and that meant the world to me because that was a lot of fun. And then... Um, Damian Wayne? Damian Wayne, yeah. I wonder if that's a Damian Wayne I know. Ball guy. I know a Damian Wayne. Yes, yes. Used to be missing a tooth? Well, he's bald because because one of the local wrestling shows that I was talking about, WCWA, he comes and wrestles here in Arkansas for WCWA quite a bit. I know Damien. Yep, yep, that's pop. <laughs> awesome guy, awesome guy. Yeah, he's a lot of fun. Another one was uh, about two years ago, me and my former tag partner, uh, I used to wrestle on a tag team called Noise Pollution. We got to wrestle uh, Gangrel and Kevin Thorne in uh, Norfolk. And I loved Gangrel growing up. And Kevin Thorne, me and him, we we piled around when he got in town for a couple months. So me and him, we had a lot of fun just with each other, period. And then a few months ago, I had the opportunity to uh, tag team with Rhino in a triple uh, six-man tag. It was me, Rhino, and Michael Zamato against uh, Blackout and James Ellsworth in Maryland. And Rhino's always been one of my favorites, man. So that that definitely was memorable. Well, you know, you mentioned James Ellsworth. Um, we're the other show that I help with, Arkansas Championship Wrestling um, in Greenland, Arkansas. We're going to be doing a show June 13th, and James Ellsworth and Eugene are going to be in attendance at that show. That's right. I think I, I think I heard James talk about that. Yep. So I'm I'm looking forward to meeting him. I've met Eugene before, but I've never met James. But I'm looking forward to it. Well, you definitely need to come to Arkansas now to wrestle, my friend, and can you know get you all the contact information you need. You need to come to Arkansas. That sounds like a lot of fun. Let's talk offline and see if we can't make it happen. Well, yeah, uh, and let me let me just let me just share a real quick story just so he can kind of get an idea how good Granny is with the heels. I had a wrestler tell me one night, at came up and asked me, "Don't you have a curfew at the nursing home, Granny?" 
And I grabbed my keys out of my purse and I doubled up my fist and I got my fist in his face. I said, baby, I don't need no keys. I got, I don't need no curfew. I got keys to the building. And he <laughs> ran off screaming. <laughs> That's right. You tell him. Mm-hmm. So, uh, one of my best lines, one of my best lines happened, uh, last year in Dinwiddie. We were, we had a double show and, um, I end up getting into a fight with a NASCAR driver and I end up getting into a couple other fights that day. Well, I think my second match, the crowd was already sick and tired of me running my mouth. And this kid starts talking about my mom. So I just happened to get outside the ring. I looked at him and said, don't you say a thing about my mother. My mother is a saint. And I looked him dead in the eye and said, your mother's a St. Bernard. Oh, 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 my goodness. And they you know, called it Puppy Love. No, all right. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry to be interrupted. Uh, uh, Mad Max is our guest, the Max man himself. Uh, we got about uh, 32 minutes here with Max. Uh, uh, I'm going to bring on Big Swing. I, I think he's there. Uh, he's uh, currently uh, uh, on enemy lines right now. Uh, they... Uh, they brought him in to uh, uh, take on the protesters uh, that turned violently in New York. So uh, they got him out there. Yeah. On the line, but uh, yeah. what do you guys Brother, think? Brother, no, I'm, I'm here. I uh, I uh, I had to. I might be a little out of breath. Um, I had to run to the car. Um, yeah, man, it, it's it was it was just a peaceful protest and everything, and then some douche nozzle decided to throw fireworks and once that happened it was tear gas or rubber bullets galore so uh yeah i'm a little uh out of it at the moment but i guess i was going to ask uh well i have a couple minutes here I, again i don't know what you've already covered or what you have it because I, I couldn't even hear myself think of it but um what sort of got you started on this path what what was you know take us through the early the early goings of, of how you got started. Was there anybody you looked up to, anybody you kind of idolized? Like, take us through how you got started with all this. What made you want to get into this business? So when I was a kid, I was a big comic book guy. I loved the cartoons, comic books, the larger-than-life stuff. So when uh, when I finally did see pro wrestling on TV, I gravitated towards guys like the Road Warriors, all covered in paint, muscles, and spikes. I was like, dude, these guys are cool. So I always kind of gravitated towards, like, the Road Warriors and Sting. And then um, I grew up around the uh, Attitude Era. Just, like, right before there, like, right in between the new generation Attitude Era is when I really started, like, following it heavy and getting deep. So I was watching WCW and ECW, and I did all the tape trading with a bunch of pals and watched, like, the FMW tapes and all the stuff in Japan. And uh, I got really hip to Mick Foley, and then Stone Cold became my dude. And um, I know, I know as far as my character, because I share a lot of personality with him, because I don't take, I don't mm. take shit from nobody, and I like to drink a lot of beer, so you know, it's definitely nice. somebody to look at. Nice. So, so do you paint your face as well, or no? I, I did for a little bit, man, but it wasn't for me. So I might. Oh, okay, I was just saying, because because all that beer, the, 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 that'll make the makeup run, you know. Not if you get it in your mouth. Well, that's true. <laughs> but. Yeah, so um, when you would you say, and I, again, uh, Icon, I'm going to steal your question here, and if you already asked it, I do apologize, but um, 
you, you mentioned a very dynamic and very diverse group of, of influences. Uh, do you find yourself being sort of um, more of like a, a strong style, a brawler? Do you go off the top rope a lot? I mean, are you kind of like a technical guy? Like, like what's, your, what's your fighting style if fans wanted to look you up? What would they see? Um, I don't know, man. I'd have to say I'm pretty dynamic because uh, I know, for one, I'm a character. For, that's, that's for damn sure. But uh, I, I like to fight. I like to brawl. I am the uh, wild-eyed headbanger, so my head gets me in and out of trouble as oh, much nice. as I can. Yeah, a lot of my offense, a lot of my defense revolves around my hard noggin. And, uh, that makes for a lot of entertaining, uh, entertaining stuff. But I know how to wrestle. I did some wrestling in high school and middle school. I did about three, four years of that. And then um, I got trained in old school and submissions. But, yeah, I like to go out there and bang my head and drop people. That's, that's my style. Uh, Mad Max is our guest here. We have uh, – well, we have about uh, 25 minutes here with Mad Max. Now I'm going to ask you some uh, hard hitting questions, and uh, we'll we'll see how you respond to these. Uh, first off, I'm just kind of curious. When I was uh, when I was researching um, you uh, for being on the show, I, I I came across that cool picture uh, that I put on your collector <clears throat> card. I'm just wondering, do you, do you always beat yourself in the head with the energy drinks, or what the hell is going on there? Depends on how many I had, my man. I think I was uh, <laughs> I think I might might have had a couple too many and went nuts. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, but, now, you know, with uh, all this stuff going on, you know, with you know the COVID nineteen and uh, the pandemic here, uh, how many shows have uh, you uh, had postponed or lost? And uh, do you? Uh, if any, and do they plan on making those up, or are they just gone? I've probably lost about a dozen of those shows and whatnot, but um, luckily for me out here in Maryland, you know, there's a bunch of us that uh, have a place that we can still perform, and we've been uh, filming matches and filming segments that go up on YouTube for different companies and whatnot. Like, uh, like for example, about two weeks ago, I shot for uh, Grimm's Toy Show, GTS, and um, I fought uh, Big Trouble Ben Bishop for his legendary title, and it was up for 24 hours and had 32,000 views on it. That's awesome. Yeah, so I've been keeping busy, luckily, for the probably the last three, four weeks. We just go in there, film stuff, and we've we've taken the cinematic approach and, you know, try to continue building entertaining content for our viewers and for the fans so they can have something to get them through these hard times. So, with that being said, when is uh, when is your next event? And if you know where it is, and... Uh, you, uh, can fans get tickets, uh, or can they uh, come check this out in some uh, some way? There's really no telling, dude. Like, I'm kind of playing it all by ear. I know I have dates on the books, and it's just a matter of whether what 
phase gets opened up and whether we can actually do it or not. So I don't think it's safe to really promote anything right now. But I will tell you, I do got dates on the books. And if you want to see wherever I'm wrestling, you can find me and all my dates, my calendar. I got a calendar up on MadMaxMorrison.com, double D, double X. And you can find it on my social media because I keep everything up to date. Uh, well, yeah, uh, we'll, we, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll circle back to that, uh, as well. And we'll let you, uh, tell our viewers again at the end. So now I'm kind of curious now, every wrestler, uh, has a great finishing maneuver. I'm kind of curious to find out what yours is, uh, what's involved. And then, uh, we'll see if uh, one of us would uh, let you practice it on us. I've toyed around with a few in the last few years that, uh, I've been doing this and, my biggest, most useful weapon I've had was the uh, black hole slam, which I like to call the headbanger's ball because it looks like a dance move. And uh, the other one that I use quite often to put people away, especially in dire situations, is the flying headbutt off the top. But that, uh, lately, I've been pl- lately I've been playing around with a Death Valley driver, so we'll have to see how that goes. Now. In your uh, in your tenure in the business, you know we all know that uh, all or most uh, independent wrestlers strive for that that big contract, whether it be AEW or the WWE. Now, two part question for you: No, nobody's ever answered the same way, so I'll put it to you. If the WWE were to see you at like an official, would you see you at one of the shows that you do, and they uh, they say, "Hey, man." Uh, you're pretty good. We'd like you to come try out, and they offer you that multi-million dollar contract. We know that you have the drive to do that. A, is that something you want to do? And B, when you get there, uh, would you uh, still be our friend and not big time us? I know that if anybody came to offer me something, it's certainly something to consider, but I'm also, I don't know, reasonable enough to <laughs> – Make sure all the T's and I's are crossed because God knows the fine print has <laughs> uh, definitely left some people in a bad spot before. That's just being rational. But um, I don't know. As far as being my friend, depends how good of friends we are now. Are you going to keep trying to shake me down for photos and stuff or what? <laughs> no, I'm just playing. I'm just playing. Um. A couple months ago, I actually got invited to go hang out backstage at WWE for a couple events, so I got to go uh, at least hang out backstage and see the inner workings and see how that worked, man. But uh, I didn't change off that, so I feel I'm pretty good when it comes to that regard. I don't get starstruck. That's that's pretty cool. So, now, when you are out there uh, working the crowd and uh, doing, doing your thing during your match. Is there, uh, is there ever a time that uh, you feel like uh, your opponent uh, has ran his mouth too much that it's time that you just uh, decide to uh, show him what's up? Um, yeah, I suppose. Usually it gets about that point where, um, I don't know, when my head hits their face and they're staring up at the lights, that's usually a pretty good indicator that I've had enough. <laughs> and uh, so 
I guess my next question is when uh you're uh when you're out there uh and you're uh doing your doing your match do you ever find it uh difficult um uh, to how can I say this uh do you find it uh difficult to uh keep uh the crowd uh going on your side if that's the way you want to go or uh do you just not care you just like I'm going to go out there and be myself and just do what I want to do. I guess that's kind of a hard question. And that's simply because, you know, every place is different. Every crowd is going to be different. Um, I know in my experience, luckily for me, I, I do pretty good with connecting with the crowd, whether, you know, they're cheering for me or booing for me. And I can go in there and get them behind me or I can just piss them right off. And, I just do that by being me, like 100%, probably like 120%, because Mad Max literally is myself just cranked up to 25, and people seem to buy it, and they resonate with something there, and either they love it or it gets under their skin. So I won't say it's hard, but um, it definitely takes some work. And you know, I'm kind of curious. You have a you have an interesting uh, you have an interesting name, Mad Max with the double D and the double X. Uh, how did that come about? Funny story. Well, a couple funny stories. It's kind of an evolution. Certainly wasn't something that came overnight. So I was in high school, and I used to I was a marching band kid, and I had long hair. I'd swing it, and I was marching a drum, and I was smashing that thing, and I never gave up and all that stuff, so every, everybody noticed that, and from then on, they started calling me Maximus, because I, cause I maxed out everything I did, so I've been maxed from 10th grade, and then um, I took that into my music career, and then I, I'm a drummer by trade, got paid for it for a lot of years. I started playing for this uh, prog metal group back home called Mad Hatter with two Ds, and pe- people just started calling me Mad Max because the association. So once I finally got in the wrestling, I was like, well, I need a name. Shit, I guess I already have a name. Let's just throw another X on there and roll with it. So that's that's where Mad Max Morrison comes from. You know, and I, 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 love, I love that story. It's just, it, you know, it, it's just kind of cool how you can take this element and this element and then put it into your persona and, and, and you make it work. It's awesome. I love that. So Thank you. With, with – uh, with all that, now, do you um, do you find that uh, you know uh, when you're uh, when you have a chance to uh, wrestle, do you like doing uh, different gimmick matches, uh, or uh, are you just like a like a straight uh, uh, just a straight up wrestling match kind of guy? No, I kind of like it all, man. Because I know I've had, I've had my experience in some gimmick matches, and I've had a lot of fun in them. I do enjoy straight up, you know, one-on-one. I do enjoy tags. Battle rolls are always fun, but I, I, feel I, I feel I thrive and enjoy just about any kind of situation I get put in because I just enjoy going out there and scrapping, I guess. That's my answer. So, and then with, with your wrestling style, are you, uh, are you a high flyer like at Rey Mysterio? Are you a technical wrestler like a Bret Hart? Or do you have that – Grunty, kick-ass style like a Stone Cold Steve Austin. 
Um, I'm a technical drinker. Like I can I can mix all kinds of things and make it taste delicious. Um, <laughs> uh, I'm very much uh, I very much like to brawl, but I can pull out a technical move every every now and again. But sometimes it bites me in the ass, and uh, you know I like to surprise people. So you should see the Granny Holder special, uh, the frog splash off the top rope. <laughs> You know, I'll tell you what. This uh, this question I've I've never asked because it, no one's ever no one's ever brought it up. But here here's my question for you. You, you know, you mentioned that uh, you know you like to you like to you like to have a couple. Now, do you have uh, a favorite? Uh, do you have a favorite drink uh, that you prefer when you go out to the clubbies after a show? Jack and Coke, man. Jack Daniels straight up or Jack and Coke? Yeah, I always, uh, when I'm out at the bar, I usually order a, a Jack and Coke, hold the Jack. Oh. Womp, womp. <laughs> well, see, we're well, the wah, wah, wah. <laughs> well, see, we, we, well, here's the deal. We have, a, we have a sound effect, and the big swing didn't play. I was trying to get that, but I got it from you. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to use your want, want instead of the one <laughs> Oh, my God. Who the hell cares? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> hey, uh, you know, uh, I'm going to circle back here. Uh, Big Swing, I don't know if you were paying attention to this, but, uh, you know, uh, uh, Big Swing has got a favorite. I'm trying to be. I'm trying to see straight right now, bro. I, I I was walking through fields of tear gas for the last two hours. What's up? Well, oh uh, yeah. Well, here's the deal, uh, Big Swing. Uh, yeah. He was mentioning. He was mentioning. Uh, our mm. guest. Uh, <laughs> we have uh, Mad Max here. We got about 15 minutes here with Mad Max. Uh, yeah. He was telling us about a guy that he uh, mm. he uh, used to hang out with, uh, Gangrel. Uh, do you know anything about Gangrel there, Big Swing? Um, yeah, no, no, I I know Gangrel, uh, part of the part of the brood. Well, I don't know him. I shouldn't say it that way, but yeah, part of the brood. I, I you know, I I used to like Gangrel. Of course, I watched the brood for Edge because I had an unhealthy obsession with Edge. But um, but yeah, Gangrel. I, I I mean, he wasn't my favorite, but I didn't hate him. I mean, I didn't really know much about him. You know, I mean, he was kind of. He, he was just there, and then he wasn't, you know. But uh, but yeah, I, I like I like Gangrel. I like qualms with Gangrel. Well, no, the reason why I'm the blood baths were because, pretty badass too. Blood baths. Well, no, well, badass. no. The, the reason why I ask is because uh, if you had a chance, you would have loved to have been in Gangrel's spot. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, Mad Max is our guest here. I had, had sorry about that little sidebar there. Uh, so, if He's our fans sorry. want to check you out, so so we can get in, so we can do this for you, uh, uh, don't leave yet. We're not we're not done with you yet. But uh, if our fans want to check you out, you got a Facebook, you got Instagram, you got a YouTube, you got a Twitter, you got a Twitch, uh, you got a uh, alcohol GoFundMe page. What do you got? <laughs> I got all that stuff, and you can all, you can find it all in one place www.madmaxmorrison.com double, double D double X 
It's got you got links to my Facebook, links to my Instagram, my Twitter. I'm working on getting my Twitch together. If you follow me on Facebook, I do a live stream every now and again called Social Disturbancing. Um, check that out. It's just either I'll talk to my friends, actors, musicians, wrestlers, just talk about what's going on. I got a pro wrestling tea store. I got a shop on my website through Big Cartel. And in the next two months, my first feature film, uh, the independent horror film through Fuzzy Monkey Films, it's called Death Board. It's a Ouija board flick. That's coming out uh, DVD and Blu-ray. So, you know, you mentioned you uh, have a podcast, uh, a show kind of like this. Uh, I guess the next question is, when is the icon going to be on your show? We can always work something out, man. Like I said, I just holler at people that want to stream and shoot the shit <laughs> on uh, on live. Well, I'll tell you what. Here's the deal. This is a wrestling term, as you know, getting themselves over. And if anybody can get themselves over, it's me. I guarantee you I can bring you ratings for your show like you've never had before, kind of like you're doing for us now. I'd love to return a favor. Let's do it. Let's set it up. That way I can earn some of those autographs. <laughs> My man. <laughs> so, now, I'm kind of curious. Uh, we have uh, Mad Max here. We got about, uh, uh, well, we have about uh, 12 minutes here with you, and uh, I'm sure Big Swing doesn't want to go over uh, overtime tonight because he's crying already. But uh, tell us about this movie that you that uh, that you're just talking about. Yep. So it's independent horror. The director is Brad Twig. He's uh, he's been coming up for the last six years. He's put out like. Uh, Frames of Fear, Millsburg Zombies, Russell Massacre, which had a bunch of people in it. And um, this latest one is called Death Board, the Ouija board flick. <clears throat> there's a ser- serial killer. He ends up getting shot. This gir- these girls buy a uh, house, play with the Ouija board. There's a neighbor involved. I end up playing the neighbor, and I may or may not be involved in the murders. You're just going to have to watch the movie to find out. And it's called Death Board. Death Board. There's a now, trailer me, for it on. There's a trailer for it on YouTube right now. Now let me ask you this. Uh, I don't know if you're able to do it, uh, but uh, would you be able to hook us up with the director? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, I'll tell you what, because uh, there's a lot of people out there. Uh, and I may sound like I'm putting myself over here, but there's a lot of people out there that listen to the show that would like to see me taken out in a film. Probably see you taken out, like, anyway, (laughs) whether it's a film or not. Damn. (laughs) Now, I'm not saying I would, but I'm sure there's some people out there. Well, yeah. Yeah. Well, well, one thing you got to understand, Max, is that – uh, the icon uh, sometimes draws heat. You know, I got that uh, pox heat, you know. Uh, people, like, uh, have heat on me for all the wrong reasons. Uh, but some of it's justified, some of it's not. But uh, what would you say uh, about, uh, you know, you, the movie Death Board? Uh, you said it's released, what, two months, you said? Yeah, in the, in the next month or two, we're just waiting to have a premiere for everybody on board before we can distribute it. But COVID nineteen really uh, put a damper on this release for us. 
Now, uh, uh, how long did uh, how long did you uh, uh, how long were you on set for that? Dude, that movie surprisingly, I think maybe took a month, maybe like a month and a half to do, and I was on set for probably about three or four days because we would typically shoot on Sundays in uh, Pennsylvania. So I'd get off a wrestling show, sleep for a couple hours, roll up to Pennsylvania, and put about eight hours on set for about three, four days and get it wrapped up. Yeah. Now, uh, that was a lot. You, uh, you know, I, I don't want you uh, tell tell us, the, uh, you know, uh, where, you know, your different parts of the movie, but uh, did you have to go under a lot of different makeup and stuff like that? Oh, yeah. I Man, when you guys when you guys see, which you definitely got to check out the trailer on YouTube and uh, see the mad one in action, because I'm I'm a pretty big imposing figure and all that. You get to see some of uh, some of the brutality I go through, but man, I get I get my ass handed to me like so much. But um, you're just gonna have to check it out and see what kind of a uh, what kind of hell happens. Well, here's what we do. I'm gonna. Uh... Uh, I, I found it. It said Deathboard official trailer 2019. So you guys have, have been working on that for a while, but you said it was the the uh, COVID 19 that kind of delayed the release. Is that correct? Yeah, that's correct. It's um, it was supposed to be released uh, about a month or two ago, but um, yeah, it's just COVID 19 and locked it. It pretty much shut everything down, so it's been hard for us to find a place to do a premiere. And Brad. And Brad's such a good guy. He wants us to watch it before the rest of the world does, you know. So, and uh, you said that it is, uh, uh, it is, uh, it is a uh, DVD release, correct? Correct. Yeah, so, and we're uh, looking at getting, looking at getting distribution for uh, VOD as well. Well, you know, it, it's kind of, it's kind of cool how you mentioned that. You know, I put out a uh, I put out a comedy CD about uh, ten years ago. And it went aluminum, so I'm thinking that your movie, now that you promoted it, is going to be a lot better than that. (laughs) I mean, can can you feel the love? I mean, it's it's just it's just all over the building, you know. Well, I need I need another um, I, I need another button. I can't use that one for everything. I need like. I need like something else for like bad jokes. I'll figure something out. Well, what's that sound that? Or what's that gong sound they play when you get kicked off the Japanese TV show? I think I'm gonna do that one. So you mean the one. gong? Yeah, the gong. The gong sound. Yeah, I'm gonna do that one. <laughs> the gong sound effect. Well, what, anyway, once in a while though, I would love, I would love to get a drum roll, but uh, so uh, oh, I can get I can get you a drum roll if you'd like. That's easy. All right. Well, anyway, continue. Well, anyway, uh, we uh, we're, we're derailing here. So, uh, so let me ask you this: with this movie, I, I'm I'm really fascinated by this now. Uh, this movie, how did they? Uh, uh, did you uh, did you have to audition, or did they? Did the director see you in a match and said, "Hey, man, you'd be perfect for this movie"? Or how did that come about? So the way that happens, I met the director through a couple mutual friends because I had a pal that met Brad at a um, at Horicons for like a few years, and then my pal Jimmy Flame, he was another wrestler, rock star, actor. He was uh, one of the main leads in uh, that movie Wrestle Massacre that Brad had done like the year before. 
So I had ordered my DVD online. I just happened to throw I threw the director a message on Instagram and said, "Hey," and we started talking. And once I got my DVD and watched it, I sent him a response. I was like, "Dude, this movie was incredible. I thought it was fun. You need another wrestler to kill on screen. I'll be your Huckleberry all day." And then um, about two months later, I got the offer to be in the movie. And then two months after that, I got a script in my inbox. You know, I'll tell you what, that, that's awesome because uh, every uh, every guest that's been on the show, uh, I've done everything. I've offered to carry their bags. I've offered to sign their shoes. I've offered to go get them lunch, and I get nothing. You throw out the, you, you throw out the line, you get a hook every time. Sometimes that's all it takes. Well, maybe we'll have maybe I'll we'll have to uh, ask some advice on that, uh, but not off air. We don't want to uh, we don't want to uh, bore our listeners right now because it's your time. So, <laughs> uh, do you have a, any other plans on doing any other uh, films uh, that you want to do? Uh, and like kind of like take a break from wrestling and be like be like the next Hulk Hogan and be like uh, a movie star. I don't know about movie star, but I am enjoying it. Um, this past fall, we started work on a new movie that's supposed to be coming out next, uh, ne- not this Halloween, but next Halloween. It's a uh, carnival anthology called Shriek Show, and um, I play a dead clown called Uncle Diamond, and um, that's been a lot of fun. We still got some work on that, and then um, Richie Acevedo, the Columbia, I think a Colombian assassin, he's got a movie coming out called Boxer vs. Wrestler. I just got uh, invited to take part in that. And, um, and uh, I, yeah, we are going to have him on our show, as a matter of fact. Uh, dude, Richie's the man. He's, uh, he's he's definitely fun to talk to. Yeah, he uh, he was in a film recently, uh, The Marshall. Uh, he uh, was in it. He started with uh, My Hero, Robert Carradine, of course, uh, those of you guys who uh, don't know his, uh, who Robert Carradine is, he played Louis Skolnick in the movie Revenge of the Nerds, and he became my hero from that day on. That's right. So, yeah. So, okay. I I know we're here to talk about wrestling, but you, you kind of got me uh, going on this, this movie kick here, and I, I'm kind of curious about that. Uh we have uh, we have about four minutes with you, and I, uh, Big Spring, are we able to go over if we can? Um, yeah, a couple minutes. I mean, I'm not trying to go like you know a half hour over, but yeah, we can go over a little bit. Okay. Uh, hey, Mad Max, can you hang out with us for a little bit? Still? Yeah, sure. Now, you know, you said you played a dead clown. How many hours of makeup do you have to uh, sit in the chair for that? For me, luckily, uh, I think I was maybe in the I think I was maybe in the chair for like an hour each time because uh, my makeup was pretty easy. And then um, and there's pictures of it up on my uh, Facebook and on my Instagram too. I got this black and white corpse paint looking deal going on, so I look like I should be in a black like a Norwegian black metal band. And uh, you know, I'm kind of, I'm kind of curious. Like, uh, okay, like you film a scene, right? And, uh, you know, it's like, you know, sometimes, uh, you know, you, you can't complete the scene in a day and then you like go back and then you pick up where you left off. How do they keep the, what do they do to keep the makeup uh, so it doesn't look different from take to take? Uh, how do they do that? Or are you not uh, into that, uh, tuned to that 
technical aspect. No, we can totally talk about it. I know what we did because we're all we're super low budget, man. Just DIY doing this stuff ourselves. We just took pictures each of like every angle of everybody's makeup, just so we can go back and copy it the next day. So we just made sure we had a reference available so we can go back and you know replicate it just right. And then on top of that, just we also made sure that like part parts of costumes and different things were set up the same because of uh just to make sure that we can maintain continuity for shops too well then i'm I'm gonna put this out there if you need uh if you need a a cameo appearance by uh an egotistical maniac uh I'm gonna send you my number because uh, you gave me you gave me your number I'm not gonna call you at two in the morning don't worry about that but uh yeah you're I'm not female. Well, right, exactly. I, I'm going to send you my contact information. If you ever find someone that needs a, a guy to uh, do a bit part in a film that's entertaining, uh, that can get people, can get the butts in the seats, I'm going to give you my number. You can pass that on. Yeah, I'll be sure to get right on that. All right. Uh, and I, I, I'm, I'm picking up the sarcasm, but that's okay. Anyway, so we have my bad back. We we have Mad Max we have Mad Max as our guest here and this has just been an awesome cool interview and uh, you know the the cool thing is uh, you know you kind of tagged in uh, at the last minute and uh, we're we're grateful that you were able to do that or else uh, we'd just be sitting here talking about me for forty five minutes. I mean that's pretty much what we do anyway, but yeah, I got you. <laughs> Yeah, I so, definitely appreciate you guys having me on, man. It's been a fun time. All right, and then uh, the the other cool thing is, uh, you know, that uh, that collector's card I made for me. I mean, you're free to use that in any capacity. Uh, you know, if you uh, you know if you want to print it out and throw it away or whatever, you're free to do that. But uh, I just want you to know that uh, when I heard that you're going to be on, I want you to know that came from the heart. I wanted you to. Uh, I wanted you to uh, know that we appreciate what you do by making you that gift. Thanks, Icon. I really do appreciate that, man. That's super cool of you. And, and I, I guarantee it is it is one of one, uh, which is uh, re- which is really cool. Uh, so now, real quick here again, if uh, uh, our fans wanted to check out uh, that show that you do, uh, where you talk about uh, talk to celebrities, what? When is that on again? Where, where, where can we catch that? Uh, you can just find it on Facebook right now. It's still um, it's still an idea in development, but um, it's a, it's me going live on streaming, and I call it social disturbancing. So you just gotta kind of follow me on Facebook, and when I pop up, and, and you, know, you know, you know, it's funny. Uh, social disturbancing. It's, it's kind of funny. I mentioned that you know everybody's talking about practicing social distancing. You know, uh, mm-hmm. when I was in high school, uh, uh, as a senior, when I tried to get get a date for prom, girls kept their social distance from me. You know, <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, look, I, I'm not kidding. I, I asked 12 girls out, and 13 turned me down. <laughs> crazy, yeah. yeah, because she came up and said, "Don't even think about asking me." I'm like, "Oh, okay, all right." So I so I did go out. Go with the head of the cheerleaders. I went to the head with the uh, the Spanish uh, club, so uh, it all worked out in the end. But Espanol. Anyway, exactly. 
so I'll tell you what, Max, uh, we appreciate you taking time on your schedule. Uh, you've been awesome. And uh, hopefully if we didn't scare you away too much, uh, that we could have you on again. And uh, maybe you can hook us up with a director. We'd love to have him on to, uh, 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 to uh, promote his films. We'd love to uh, help out in any way we can. Definitely. Uh, definitely would love to. And um, just for the fans listening, um, be sure to check me out, but also make sure to go online and check out Ultimate Elite Wrestling from Richmond, Virginia. It's a big up-and-coming uh, wrestling promotion out here in uh, Richmond, Virginia. And uh, yeah, when uh, and we'll we'll have the uh, we'll have the head promoter on uh, with this, uh, you know. But uh, like we mentioned, uh, his uh, uh, the birth of the uh, the child comes first, uh, so. We fully understand that, and uh, hopefully, uh, if he is listening, because uh, he said he would, uh, hopefully he's listening. Uh, I think uh, he can name if it's a boy. He, uh, I, I think Icon would be a perfect name for his kid. I think. <laughs> yeah, we'll see what his wife says about that. <laughs> oh, that's right. It's got to be approved by both. Oh, okay. All right, I got it. Well, I'll tell you what, Max, uh, thank you so much for uh, being with us tonight. You're awesome, and we do want to have you on again. Thanks, guys. Definitely would love to. Awesome. So if anybody wants to know who we got on next week, uh, you are going to have to go to our Facebook page. And you're going yes, to have you to, are. And you're going to have to give us a like because all the stuff is going to be up on there. So, uh, yeah, so check it out. And uh, do not delay in checking that out. No, don't delay it. And uh, for those of you out there who, you know, are doing different things and whatever, just stay safe. Uh, Tonight was crazy, but uh, I'm going to go back and listen to the show. Uh, I'm pretty sure Granny and and I did a good job. Um, Got faith in them. But, uh, but yeah, next week, check it out. Icon will post that around midweek or so. And um, another jam-packed action show next week. That's what we do on Mondays. See you. Dead man walking. You've done it now.